welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, today all by myself. That's right, Matt is off at preschool orientation. That's right. Got to start somewhere. And that, that somewhere is preschool for Matt's son. So it's just me today. One week of preseason is in the books. We have next week starting tomorrow. Look at that. We're already halfway through preseason already. The season is upon us. We all got our redrafts coming up here shortly. Um, I know I have about six of them next week. Can't wait to jump into that. I do have my redraft rankings on the site. Just click on rankings. Click on redraft. Boom, one step closer to winning your championship this year. That's right. They're on there. A couple surprises, you know, some chalk. But I put some time into my rankings this year, and they're up there, and they're helping you to win your redraft leagues. But uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the league and what we've learned so far after week one. Now, week one of preseason, nothing to really get, you know, excited about. There's not a lot going on. A lot of starters don't play. It's, you, you'll get guys that, We'll play a lot playing against backups, but there is news. But even before that, a big trade in the NFL today. Um, I was driving into ESPN Cleveland, totally missed it. Somebody asked me a question. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Dora Green Beckham's on the Titans. And they're like, no, he's on the Eagles. And I, and I found out that way. But Dora Green Beckham gets traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. And a lot of people are going to have a lot of questions saying, hey, how does this affect Dora Green Beckham long term. There's a lot of things to go into this. One, it's terrible news for Nelson Algalore owners. I'm one of them. Uh, Algalore has had a very lackluster camp into date. No big signs for him to make another big step. And, you know, Ruben Randall's Ruben Randall. Guy can't run a route. He's just disinterested. His hands aren't that great. Ruben Randall's a turd. Always has been. I've been saying it for years. No surprise here. So the trade for Dorio Green Beckham, the big playmaker that we've been talking about a lot about over the summer. And even though he didn't have a great rookie season, but he did average 17.2 yards per catch. He had four touchdowns. I mean, that's not terrible. His preseason game, he didn't run the right route. He kind of goes in a doghouse. There's been this news about Tajay Sharp all year. We've been talking about Tajay Sharp. Is it true? Is it not true? Well, they certainly like Tajay Sharp. And Tajay was the number one targeted receiver before going out with a concussion for the Titans. So they do like Tajay. This isn't fodder. They like him. It's Richard Matthews, Tajay Sharp there. You still have Kendall Wright, who's also in the doghouse. It's not going to be really a dominant passing game there with Marcus Mariota. I think Richard Matthews is definitely the player you want to own there. But as a Tajay Sharp you know, coming in as a rookie, that's a guy that you want to own. I mean, I think that could bump him up into the second round easily of your rookie drafts if, you not ha- if you've not had them yet. But if you have not had them yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. So, Doro Greenbeckham goes to the Eagles, and you have Jordan Matthews over there in the slot, and you can play Doro Greenbeckham on the outside. And to me, it's going to be one of those things where I like Doro Greenbeckham, so I think it's a good fit for him. He was not wanted in Tennessee. He's going to go somewhere where he's wanted. And this is just a year removed from being a second-round pick, so they must have really, really not liked Dora Green Beckham. But it is a concern. It's a concern that they're willing to give up on this receiver after one year, that they've already had enough, that they trade him up for just some offensive lineman. Here you go. 
just take this guy. He's all right, you know. And they said, hey, this isn't about Dora Green Beckham. It's about helping the team. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that before. Uh, so you have him there. It's going to be him, Jordan Matthews, Doug Peterson's, Doug Peterson's offense. And we'll see. I'm still a Doro Green Beckham fan until proven otherwise, but I think this is definitely a red flag. I mean, I'm more, I'd be more excited about owning Tajay Sharp right now. But change could be good. Remember when Chris Carter had an attitude problem? They had to ship him out of town. Now he's a Hall of Famer for the Vikings. Yeah, good news there. And speaking of the Titans, I mean, Derrick Henry. What about Derrick Henry? Looking pretty good. A lot of people are like, Rich, we know. You've been, you've been poo-pooing on Derrick Henry for five, six months now. And this is what we thought he'd be. Impressive. He looked impressive. He ran the ball really well with power. And he is a north-south runner. And, again, it's, we always said that Derrick Henry could run the ball. His downfall comes where he doesn't catch any passes. He's going to split time with DeMarco Murray. doesn't matter how well he runs. DeMarco ran the ball really well. I know he had a big 71-yard gain for most of his yards, but he still looked good back there. So it's still going to be a one-two punch. And, again, I just don't see Derrick Henry as a long-term play. For me, Derrick Henry, I hope Derrick Henry, if I'm a Derrick Henry owner, I want Derrick Henry to come in. And I think I said this like a month ago that if I own Derrick Henry, I'm hoping that he plays really well year one, year two, just so I can get out. Maybe I can get a 17 first for Derrick Henry if somehow DeMarco Murray goes down, he comes in here and plays well. I don't see a long-term future with his running style and his size with Derrick Henry. Just me. I could be wrong. Would not be the first time. Certainly would not be the last time. But the Tennessee offense is definitely going to be a run the, first, run the ball first mentality. That's what they're going to do. So I think you can own DeMarco Murray and expect to get good value there. And I think Derrick Henry will hold some value this year as well. I think they're going to use both backs. I think Derrick Henry's going to get set get 30% of the carries, and I think you'll have DeMarco Murray there getting about 70% of the carries, and also catching the ball on the backfield. you got to remember that as well. DeMarco Murray can catch the ball. There's $13 million guaranteed, so he's going to be around for two years. So Tennessee, you're going to have Delaney Walker, the ground-and-pound game, then Rashard Matthews can have a really good chance to finish as a wide receiver three. Um, more news coming out of uh, preseason game. Uh, good news was... The Baltimore running back situation. Okay, I don't know if I call this a good news, but a little bit more, you know, season and the confusion there. But Terrence West looked good. Yeah, that's right. I said it. I never thought I'd say it, but Terrence West looked good. He looked like college form Terrence West. Bouncing on the outside, inside the pocket, moving around, making defenders miss. He's looked really good. All this buzz of him dominating the training camp and him looking like the best running back there, well, the first preseason game, he looked like the best running back. So it's something we have to pay attention to. Do you throw an offer out there right now in your leagues to get Terrence West because he's super cheap right now? I know I had a couple offers coming in for him already, and for me, the offers are way too low for me even to to even think about taking him. Because if he does end up the starter, then he's going to be an asset. And I'll be looking to move him in season. But besides Terrence West, I mean, that's just a note. That's just a note to monitor is Terrence West. And if you can get him for super cheap, why not? Maybe he ends up being the starter there. But my boy, Kenneth Dixon, also looked pretty good. 
he forced two missed tackles on his eight rushes, and he got 44 yards in that game, and he looked really good. Again, I still envision a lot of people are still talking about Buck Allen uh, being the pass catching back there. I still am a firm believer that my boy out of Louisiana Tech, Kenneth Dixon, is going to be the pass catching back there in Baltimore. And I think Kenneth Dixon can have some fantasy relevance in 2016. Do I see Kay Dixon as a future starter? Probably not with potential there. But I do see him being that Danny Woodhead, Gio Bernard, Duke Johnson kind of running back. And he looked good. But again, Terrence West looked good as well. But it's week one. I'm I'm not getting the jersey. I'm not getting an engraved mug. I'm not getting a Christmas ornament of me and Terrence West of the year 2016 and our arms around each other to put on the Christmas tree. Not yet, at least. But I'm shopping around. I'm looking. I'm dibbling. I'm dabbling. I'm very intrigued about what's going to happen with Terrence West. Again, I've said it before, him being a Baltimore boy, going around, growing up around the, the Ravens in that territory, I think him going home could be a big push for him to find some success. Coming into camp, Losing weight, but you have that Kenneth Dixon and Terrence West combo. Or we have the Justin Forsett combo as well. Again, news and notes. Monitor the blurbs. We'll keep you informed as we see them. But I'm going to be paying attention again to Terrence West this week in a preseason game coming up as well. During the Saints game, my boy Michael Thomas came through, came up big, letting that great training camp show up in week one of the first preseason game. Caught four passes for 67 yards and did it did it looking quite snazzy out there as well. Thomas has put together a really solid camp so far and he's coming in as a rookie with a chance to potentially start week one. If I held a rookie draft again today, I mean, I could consider taking Thomas number three, number four overall. And make a case for that. I mean, you got Drew Brees there, the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. You have Brendan Cooks, who is who is a playmaker on offense with that solid running game. And you need that big red zone threat. I mean, you have Kobe Fleener there in the tight end, who I expect to be a top five fantasy fight tight end this year. But at the same time, Michael Thomas is showing me early that he could be a big play wide receiver. His value is really, really jumped in my eyes because when we talked about it a couple months ago we were talking about Michael Thomas hey there's just we really liked what we saw on tape with Michael Thomas it's just there wasn't a lot of tape of Michael Thomas and I've been a big proponent of his since the get-go uh I've consistently had him ranked higher than a lot of other people and he's starting to show me even more at the next level of what he could potentially be I mean we're talking up a potential number one wide receiver I think now might be a good play to even try and go out and get Michael Thomas now. I don't know what you have to give up, but I feel I'm starting to get that feeling that Michael Thomas is going to be a really good fantasy as asset for years to come there in New Orleans. I feel like in 2019, Michael Thomas could be a high-end wide receiver too. Something that's really going to help you win. Really like what I see. I know it's way too early and. There's nothing worse, even though I started to show off of saying, hey, don't let the preseason get to your head. But I'm really liked, liking what I'm hearing out of camp, 
I'm liking what I'm seeing on tape. Michael Thomas might be able to produce year one. He might be able to finish the year as a wide receiver three year one. It's going to come down to touchdowns, I feel, with Michael Thomas, but he's going to be involved in this offense. He's going to get better as the year progresses, and he might be something that will help you this year in your fantasy playoffs. If I, if I had a really dominant team right now, and I feel like I'm going to have a really late first, I'd be pretty comfortable with getting up a 17 second from Michael Thomas. And I know he's slipping in these drafts, but I have this really strong feeling that Michael Thomas is going to be somebody that you want on your dynasty team for a long time. And I'm starting to feel pretty comfortable about being okay to give up a 17 first for Michael Thomas already. And I know I'm jumping the gun. Don't, don't let the preseason get you hooked. But I'm getting hooked on Michael Thomas. I'm getting hooked early. So if I'm a championship contending team and I can use another receiver, just as like even a backup that can possibly groom, I'm okay to get that early jump on a 17 class and get in somebody like Michael Thomas. I'm okay with giving up a 17 first as long as I have a feeling it's going to be a late 17 first. And that late 17 first is going to have a quality player, but Michael Thomas is a quality player. And you're going to get him a year early. So if you've got the running backs that you need, at least going into the 28 season, 2018 season, I'd strongly consider that. Same thing with Sterling Shepard. I mean, Sterling Shepard, let's, let's skip over to the Giants. Sterling Shepard made a really nice play with a diving grab. He's going to be a part of this offense as well. Two guys are showing really, really well early. Two guys going after Laquan Treadwell and Josh Dotson. And I'm still a big Treadwell fan. I really am. Uh, but he's having a slow start. But that's okay. Treadwell is somebody that we talked about was probably going to have a slow start. But we're still talking about making big-time plays and scoring big-time fantasy points. That's what the whole point of drafting these rookies is scores lots of fantasy points. And Stillen Shepard and Michael Thomas are starting off really, really well. We haven't seen Corey Coleman in a preseason game yet. Hopefully he's going to suit up this Thursday, which is tomorrow. But at the same time, even out of camp, there's, he's dominating camp. Treadwell is not dominating, dominating camp, and Dodson can't get on the field. He's been injured since the draft. But Sterling Shepard, still, he, he looked really good in that Giants game. Shepard showed that he could run routes, which we knew he could. He was one of the best route runners out of this draft. And he made a really nice diving catch for 24 yards in that game. And he made some nice blocks. And walk, looking back as well, he should have had a touchdown. He had a touchdown pass, but he was overthrown. Not a touchdown pass, but he should have had a touchdown when Ryan Nassib overthrew him. So, again, a terrific camp. Starting to translate to preseason week one. Again, it's just one week, but this is what we want to see. We want to see people getting better every single week. And so far, Michael Thomas and Sterling Shepard both have done that. We had Shane Vereen looked okay in that game. He had a couple passes as well. On the flip side of that game, you had Jay Jai. He was a starter. Aaron Foster didn't play. Looked completely unimpressive. Didn't look good at all, actually. And again, Jay Jai, I, I, I told you guys to sell him a month ago. Hopefully, he does something here so you still get out from under Jay Jai. I think Arian Foster's going to be the man there until he gets hurt. Then you'll put a Jai in. Then you'll see what you really have. Then the Dolphins will realize they have to address the running back situation in the 17 draft. And you're going to be standing there with a Jai in your pocket, wishing you would have traded him. You wish you would have just pulled a Jay Jai out of your pocket and traded him. You're stashing him there, and it's just silly. He's just going to be a ball of lint in your pocket. 
you're going to forget about them, and you're going to wash them, and all of a sudden you have this crumpled up JJ in your pants, <laughs> and you have nothing to do with it. Uh, JJ in your pants. That sounds terrific, doesn't it? So, but again, JJ, I'm, he's somebody that I'm definitely trying to move. I'm trying to get out from under him. I've been saying this for a while now, and I just feel like I keep saying it over and over again because I just feel like this, it's just getting narrower and narrower and narrower on this opportunity to get, get value for JJ. It's just the light is dimming and the candle is burning. It's almost out. All right, the, the the light is yellow, and you're speeding towards it. And there's a cop there, so you have to make it there in time. All right, you're going to get a ticket. And then your insurance doesn't go up, and you're going to be crying to me saying, hey, hey, that light was yellow. And I would say, no, not so fast, sir. You know J.J.I. was going downhill, and that light was red. You need to stop. That makes sense. It probably makes no sense whatsoever, but in my head it makes perfect sense. So, JJ, moving on to the Rams game, uh, one of my early favorites, tight end Tyler Higby. We've been saying that this rookie class has been kind of weak, but we have liked Hunter Henry. We gave him a first-round rookie grade. We liked Austin Hooper in Atlanta, and we would like Tyler Higby with the Rams. Both these guys get big bumps in my rookie ranks. I like Higby. I've taken him in multiple dynasty leagues rookie drafts and I own a lot of shares and there's a lot of good reports coming up camp and then translates right over into the game for Higby he had five catches for 49 yards and the Rams don't have a lot going on there all right as when it comes to offensive weapons so Higby can be somebody that comes in and produces right away we don't see a lot of tight ends that come in and produce right away Higby is going to fit that mold now, he slipped to the third round for, for the Rams, mostly because he had all those off-the-field concerns. He had some you know, charges against him that were dropped, but it's basically the off-field concerns that really hurt Higby. And right now, out of camp, the reports have been glowing. In the first preseason game, he looked really, really well. He showed well. And again, Higby is another guy that I feel really comfortable taking high in the second round of my rookie draft. If I need a tight end, and I, I believe in having those young talent tight ends, you can do much better than some of these backup wide receivers and some of these backup running backs. And get a quality starter, definitely in a position that is always a need. doesn't matter who you have, and that's tight end. And speaking of Henry, he showed well, too. He had three passes caught for 43 yards. Again, like these rookie tight ends. Speaking of the Chargers, Melvin Gordon caught it and scored a touchdown. That's right. He can find the end zone. <laughs> the end zone's not Waldo for Melvin Gordon. He knows where that bad boy is. Finally, this is a guy who hasn't scored a touchdown ever. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's pretty much safe to say out ever. But he had a 44-yard receiving touchdown on a screen pass from Philip Rivers. And now, granted, granted, it was like a blown assignment on defense. But hey, for Melvin, we'll take touchdowns any way we can get it. If he can stay healthy this year, there is a solid option that Melvin Gordon can be a good running back, too. Remember, this is a guy we took third overall in our rookie draft. I'm not jumping ship yet. Let's hope he can come back here in 2016 and have a nice, solid rebound year. Now, it's not going to be hard to rebound off of garbage, but again, 
somebody that can contribute. You don't want to take a guy third overall that you don't get any valuable return out of somebody like Monty Ball. So any kind of return on Melvin Gordon at this point is going to be an arrow upward. So it's a sign, again, of him coming through. I know he had that microfracture surgery, but for running back, that's terrible news. But let's see how he can rebound. I'm trying to say running back. I say running. People get, it's my biggest complaint. People say, why do you say running? I don't know. Blame my parents. Blame my friends. It was where I was raised. Whatever television shows I watch. I say running instead of running. Ing. I need to add the ing to it. Pronunciate. I need to pronunciate better. Yeah, it's just a podcast. Moving on. In Buffalo, Sean McCoy looked terrific on his one carry, while Josh Ferguson, the hype train on Josh Ferguson has been pretty steady. Not like, not like super hyped. You know, but people are excited about Josh Ferguson because there's not a lot going on in Indy besides Frank Gore. But unfortunately, I'm not giving up on Josh Ferguson again after one game, but he looked very unimpressive in his NFL debut out there. I think he managed, what, eight yards? That was it. Three yards, I'm sorry. He had three yards on eight carries. It was even worse. But again, not something that I'm getting overly excited about. These games... I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not jumping to conclusions, but you can see things and Josh Ferguson was showing me things I wasn't very excited about. So he's gonna get knocked down in some of my rankings here. Speaking of hype, what about the name that will never die? Kristen Michael. What happened? Is he is he the Mark Ingram of the fantasy world? Does it take Mark does it take Kristen Michael years? To come out and be somebody, now I we I still like Rawls, I do, but this the Kristen Michael hype train is not stopping. Now they're saying in Seattle that Thomas Rawls and Kristen Michael are going to split carries just because of how well he showed. He looked good in the preseason game too. It's some nice burst out there. Looked pretty good. He didn't he started the game at twenty seven yards and four carries. Can't complain with that. No complaints here. And he's probably going to be the number two running back there. So all this talk about Alex Collins and CJ Procise and what's going to happen, it's looking like Kristen Michael is going to probably lock up this number two job and have some fantasy relevance. So if you've been holding on to that Kristen Michael share, like I have been, because what else are you going to do after taking him in the first round besides give him away? He might show some return this year. If Thomas Rawls goes down, uh, he might be a solid fantasy asset. But Kristen Michael did show well. Can Kristen Michael be the running back that we saw against Arizona in Week 17 that rushed 17 times for 102 yards? It's about six yards on average. Can he be that guy? Yeah, we'll see. But again, this is a guy that a lot of people have a lot invested in, and he's showing some kind of return. And it's still good, good news, but I still think it's going to be Thomas Rawls there. In Seattle, they could say they're going to split all the carries they want, but I'm still going to go with the guy who averaged the most yards uh, per carry last year, and that's going to be in Thomas Rawls. But still very encouraging news for Kristen Michael. Not as much so as Alex Collins' owner, or even as much so if you own CJ Procise, but none of those, I think, have long-term value. I, I don't know how long this Kristen Michael love is going to keep continuing. It's, it usually dies out about week three. So we'll see, but still monitoring Kristen Michael here. In Jacksonville, Allen Robinson looked like an absolute monster 
out there. A monster. The guy had three catches for 80 yards, and that was all like less than a quarter. I mean, and they were spectacular catches. Leaping on the sidelines, making catches, catching bombs. A-Rob looked really, really good out there. I mean, he's really starting to solidify himself. It's a top five dynasty startup pick. I mean, he's right up there. You can see, you, you, you'll start to see in ADP as it starts to roll along this year that Allen Robinson's going to become a top three dynasty startup player in that Jacksonville offense. He looked absolutely terrific. And remember, Allen Robinson is one of those players that scored double-digit points for like nine weeks straight. Was the only person in fantasy football to do that. Allen Robinson was doing things last year that nobody else was doing in fantasy football. Scoring double-digit points week in, week out. He's somebody you want on your roster. It's too late to go out getting him. His, his price tag's way too high. But he's showing that he is not just going to be an elite dynasty wide receiver. We're talking top five overall dynasty player here for a long time coming. Him, Blake Bortles, they just signed up Alan Hearns there for a while. It's, it's looking good. And TJ Yeldon looked good as well. People were real worried when they brought in Chris Ivory. How's this tandem going to be? They both, looked, they both looked pretty good. But it was TJ Yeldon that got the start. He was a little bit better over there. Now, you still got to be worried because this is what we talked about with Yeldon is. They brought Chris, Chris Ivory in for the goal line work. And Chris Ivory pounded it in there as well. So I still think the long-term play there is going to be Yeldon, definitely for the 2017 season. They're probably going to split some carries. Ivory's going to get those goal line carries as well. But I think Yeldon's the better running back in that situation. And Yeldon can be had in your dynasty league. He's somebody you definitely want to go out there and get. But they both look pretty good. I think this Jacksonville team is going to be pretty sneaky. Blake Bortles can keep things going well there. Their, Their defense is all going to come together and be healthy. They have a really sneaky, tough defense. And that offense, if with Julius Thomas, Blake Bortles, TJ Yeldon, Chris Ivory, Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, and maybe possibly, maybe, you know, the not big hearted Marquise Lee can contribute a little bit as well. Jacksonville, up and coming, gonna be a very exciting team to watch on both sides of the ball this year. I'm digging it. I'm picking up what they're laying down. On the other side of the ball in that game for the Jets, Quincy and Newa looked pretty good. He had two catches for 69 yards. One of them was like for 43 yards. Pretty solid stuff there. I know Fitzpatrick said, hey, we want Quincy to be involved in this offense this year. And then things should open up his, for him as a number three receiver there if you have Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall. But, again, I think Quincy Anuwa's value is going to come if one of those guys get banged up. But a nice, nice little roster stash. Quincy Anuwa's probably might be somebody that you can get off your waiver wire, and he might be worth a stash there definitely was gonna be involved in the offense i mean you never know if you get super desperate and you need to throw something in there a guy can come in there and catch two balls for 69 yards and give you that eight points that you need to get by for the week um but a stash they're talking about them like they like them and this isn't the first time you see quincy anua's name come out through the headlines and again when you see somebody more than once you want to start stashing and he might be something you pick up off your waiver wire and stash there as we enter preseason week two here, I mean, we have a lot more to watch. Players are going to start playing more. These next two games are going to be the most important game for player value. We'll see some guys play an entire half. Going to preseason game week three, we'll see people playing 
a little bit after the half, and then a dreaded week four game. Oh, goodness. That's that's no fun. But, hey, you can see some of your backups playing out there. So, again, another week, another another week to pay attention to as we get ready, as we get ready for our redraft leagues. Make sure you get to DynastyNerds.com and click on my redraft rankings. I put a lot of time into those bad boys. I feel pretty good about it, even though after reading it a day later, I'm like, I should have changed this. Do I I might have Deshaun Jackson just a little bit too low. I might have to get this guy a little bit bump here. Uh, and things will change as the season goes along. But, hey, redraft is fun, too. It's not all about just Dynasty, even though Dynasty is the best thing in the world. Um, I preached that today. I was on ESPN 850 today, and I was on there preaching Dynasty fantasy football. So it's begun. I'm starting to, I'm starting to mold the minds of the redraft world. I'll have my own hour long show on ESPN 850 Cleveland. So if you want to listen to some we talk redraft starting September 11th, I'll have my own hour long episode there, which will be up in the Pod Center, uh, in the ESPN app or the ESPN Cleveland app there to see. Uh, you can listen to that as well. But that's where you'll be able to find me. I'll be doing some work over there as well. But it's all redraft work. But if you listen, you're going to hear me promote Dynasty very often. Because, again, once you go Dynasty, baby, you don't go back. That's right. You get, they get, Dynasty Fantasy Football gets your fingers inside you, and it feels so good. It's glorious. It's like wearing a Dynasty Nerds t-shirt, man. It's like the fun never stops. It really doesn't. So you should probably order your Dynasty Nerds t-shirt. Uh, i got a couple shipping out tomorrow, I believe. So if you want to get the next shipment, make sure you go to com. Buy yourself the most awesome t-shirt in the world. Nothing says better. Nothing says, hey, I am a guru. I mean business. I'm a champion. Then watching fantasy fo- watching football and playing fantasy football than in your Dynasty Nerds t-shirt. Hey, man, I know a lot of things, and that's one thing I know for sure. High fives everywhere. Guaranteed. Be a high five machine. You call me. Tweeting at me. Hey, Rich, my hand hurts so much with this T-shirt. Man, you weren't lying. That's right. I wasn't, buddy. Order two. All that money, again, goes right back to the site, goes back to our writers, goes back right into the site, help us with our rankings, helps us with the podcast. We tell we sell two shirts, pays for the podcast for a month, helps you guys listen to this for free. So, as always, uh, if you can get on iTunes and also and give us a rating and review, let us know what you think of the show. Always love reading those. And, of course, get on DynastyNerds.com for all the free articles, all the ADP you can handle, all the rankings you can handle. We add a couple more rankers to the site, so our rankings are going to be even more average out there. At, at Fantasy Outlaw, well, I'm up there. Corey's up there. Uh, P. Wynn's up there. Tyler's up there. Tons of great Dynasty minds to give you their up-to-date rankings. And, of course, we have our every single month up-to-date ADP. If you want to participate in some mock drafts, some Dynasty Mark drafts to keep you fresh, hit up Kyle on Twitter, at ADP Kyle. Can't beat that, right? Mock drafting all year long. It's a blast. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, you can hit me up at Dynasty Rich. You can hit up the site at Dynasty Nerds. You can hit up Matt at Dynasty Nerd Mike. He's not even here. Preschooling it, man. Can't go with the little ones. That's it for me. I can only talk so many times on so many shows and so many days. So a little shorter episode this week, but we'll be back next week with a full-blown episode. Listen to Matt be a little bit more wrong than I am. Until then, guys, have a good one. Let's get ready to watch week two of the preseason of the NFL.
Hot, hot. Ready, set, hot, hot. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.